Hej och välkommen till Studio Branschkoll. Vi fortsätter att hjälpa alla som jobbar med fysiska medier att hålla koll på utvecklingen. Det handlar om allt från trycksaker och förpackningar till produktmedia, stripade bilar och mycket annat. Du hittar oss alltid på branschkoll.se och såklart i den här podden. Nu kör vi! I say welcome to Studio Branschkoll, the podcast from the Swedish printing industry. And today we have an uh, international guest from Denmark, Morten Reitoft. Uh, welcome. Thank you, Ole. I'm just your friend, right? I'm, I'm just Morten, right? Yes, but you're still a, a very nice guest in the studio, of course. Thank you very much. Uh, since you had your way passing by Sweden uh, this week... Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't happen that very often nowadays because you're traveling a lot, uh, not in Sweden. Unfortunately, not so much in Sweden. As I said, I was with the Grafiske Fotogne, the the Federation of Printers in Sweden yesterday, and I said it is uh, kind of weird because when we started, uh, everything was, of course, focused around our collaboration with the Swedish, Norwegian and Danish federations and and obviously getting a starting point for English. And, you know, next year, it is 10 years ago we started, which is amazing how things are flying by. And, and, uh, and it was a little bit, it was actually very nice meeting people from the Swedish industry yesterday. And I always feel almost like home when I get here. So that's yeah. really nice. Yeah, nice there. So, so uh, maybe some of the listeners don't know what Inkish is because you are Inkish. Uh, and you started Inkish 10 years ago. Uh, do the 30-second uh, uh, elevator pitch for Inkish. Uh, yes, uh, that is difficult, but I will try. Uh, 10 years ago, uh, I wanted to learn about the printing industry. I used to work as a print broker, and I thought I wanted to learn. And when I went to the, uh, let's say, the vendor website, it was about the products. When I went to the trade media, it was about the, what the vendors wanted them to write about. So I thought that, okay, if you need to learn, why not learn from the people that have success and failures? And that was how we got started by doing films. And uh, I think the very first international film we did was actually from uh, Gaffs Katong here in Sweden. And then it was, I wouldn't say that the rest is history because in the beginning it was more like a hippie project where we didn't want it to be a business. And then four or five years ago, we turned it into a business. And now we are, I think we're pretty recognized in most of the world. Uh, we have produced almost two and a half thousand films and uh, in in yeah, almost all continents except uh, Australia, Asia. So that is, uh, it's quite a journey, I would say. Uh, it's it's uh, very impressive, I would say, and I think a lot more people in the printing industry should uh, see, watch, learn from from what you do. Uh, but of course, it's uh, it's something that you also need to work with, reaching out, getting the the content out to in front of everyone's eyes. Mm. Everyone is busy nowadays, so. Mm. Uh, Yeah, and I tell you, that is, uh, I think that, you know, when people watch our thing, I think that, you know, uh, when people start 
watching our thing, we have people as viewers for the rest of our life so far because people have really appreciated it because we are not advertising driven. Uh, I think we are very much living up to our own slogan, which we have two slogans we live up, and so we're always on your side, meaning the PSP side or the converter side. And also we are people. This is a channel about people in the industry. So every time we talk about technology, it's always in relation to business. And that's why we think it's important to learn from, to learn about uh, workflow automation, to learn about equipment, to learn about new trends and new business models, but all of it in let's say, in the relation to your business. It's not about how fast and how good it prints or something like that. It's more like, okay, how can you utilize it in your business? Uh, you showed me before here the, the, the number of miles you traveled the last couple of years, 400,000 flight miles. Oh, kilometers. Kilometers. Uh, and, I mean, I'm not, I do not envy you uh, when it comes to, to flying that much. But in, in return, you meet a lot of different kind of, of companies and uh, and people and and I think that no one else in the printing industry can have met so many different companies. The big question is then what have you seen that is most important for if you run a printing or, or graphic industry graphic company in, in this industry to, to learn or, or to see right now? Mm. Um. A good question and also a little bit difficult question to answer because there's so many things that are interesting in in that perspective. One of the things that I think is uh, very, very important for the industry, and I was a little bit surprised because I would have thought it was more uh, spread out also in Sweden and and Denmark-Norway is uh, the the, uh, workflow automation journey. Uh, Before the COVID, it was very much a a matter for the business owners to save money, but now it's because they cannot get labor. Uh, The workflow automation is important, not just, I think that everybody in Scandinavia has been using workflow automation in the pre-press departments for many, many years, but today workflow automation goes from marketing automation to business automation to a lot of content automation. It gets to, so many different places in in the value chain that it is something that I think that uh, printing companies in, in the Nordic should definitely look into because it is not just about saving money; it's also about optimizing and using the resources you have in organization uh, the best possible way. That is, of course, one thing. Another thing is there is this digital transformation, and you know most people think of this digital transformation as something that is important in relation to using, let's say, digital technology in the production workflow. But for me, it's way more about humans because uh, in a in a business, uh, you typically have old people, young people, uh, people from different cultural backgrounds, uh, men, women, people that have different IT skills. And if you want to be successful in the digital transformation, you need to be sure that you have these people on board so there's a lot of internal training and how you can actually get people on the same page in order to make sure that that this works out and the last thing uh, i think is important is um the digital transformation of course also puts things like uh, should i go digital production uh, exchanging my analog uh, printing equipment to digital equipment and um, as we spoke about before we turn on this recording here i think that that 
of course, it's something that is worth considering because today you can't get uh, digital print equipment that is almost as fast as offset printing equipment. And for sure, it is uh, at the same quality, maybe sometimes even better. Uh, the challenge is that you sometimes need to have new business models in order to really utilize the uh, the technology the best possible way and those kind of questions are something that I'm also I'm very interested in because everything that comes to pricing everything that comes to business models is something that you have to think about otherwise you will be left behind the competition when they finally get there <laughs> okay so three things here and I got uh, three questions back f- for you then so so the first thing uh, would you say that we in the Nordic countries are being left behind when it comes to to automation that is uh, i don't have any statistics to back it but uh, yesterday when i gave a presentation to graphics for talking i was a little bit surprised when i asked people about use of specific software how few hands that went up so if that is a uh, uh, any statistical uh, foundation for having that judgment i would say yes Uh, again as i said before i think that the the scandinavian printing companies are well uh, on level with european printing companies when it comes to the automation part in the pre-press department i think it's uh, other parts of the automation journey that they have not really got on so far from the companies I know. Okay. So what part of the world that you are visiting uh, have have come f- furthest in, in this development, do you think? It's also a difficult question to ask because, I mean, it's like, I can give an example why it's sometimes difficult to ask because you're, you're right that I've been visiting a lot of printing companies in different places, but every time somebody invites me to a printing company, you always see the best, right? And when you look at the best in all regions of the world, including Scandinavia, they of course have everything under control, also when it comes to automation part. I think that in um, in uh, Europe, uh, we have more online printing companies than I think in the rest of the world. I mean, the density of them is simply higher and they need, in order to be profitable, they need to have automation to a high level. Uh, I've been also in the US seeing, uh, of course, printing companies that are very Uh, let's say automated to some degree the issue in the US is that salaries in the printing industry are considerably lower than in Europe so they are maybe not forced so much because of the cost but maybe more because it's getting even more difficult in the US to get uh, employees with the right skill set for doing these kind of things so if I should pick a country I would probably say that Germany is leading the 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 race for being the most automated uh, and uh, most integrated on the workflow part right now okay so that's where where you should look if you if you want to learn more i would say that you should look in into specific segments that fit your business i mean we did for example a film from uh, a danish german company called surepark uh, from from uh, galin in germany that claims to be the most automated printing company in the world and and when you see that film it is simply amazing because you have uh, three large offset machines you have this in a packaging printing company uh, you have three uh, bobst lines for die cutting and you have three bobst lines for 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 the uh, folding gluing things and uh, normally i would say that you would have uh, let's say people that are moving around on the floor all the time but all the floor here is by hvs so uh, a a print operator when he gets to work in the morning he gets to his machine he doesn't pick up paper he doesn't pick up plates he's just working on the machine and i as far as i remember um 
the production managers say that that the productivity gain of having the AGVs uh, in a company like that was 18% higher output of the printing presses. And you think of that, uh, I mean, we were there, uh, when we were there, uh, they got a chocolate order uh, for like 500,000 boxes. And as we were there, they were almost starting printing it right away. They have an automated warehouse. They have, everything's automated. I mean, there's very, very few people there. Very, very excited. So this is a big company. But most yeah, companies 30, in the printing industry is small. Thirty people company. Yeah, they. I mean, but if they were not like automated, they might be a hundred person company. Uh, okay. So for the smaller companies, I think that one of the things that you see quite a lot and also quite successfully also here in Sweden is uh, the the MBO Copo stack, uh, which is the robot arm, uh, which is basically helping people to take signatures off the folding machines, uh, which is really nice to see because uh, we were, went to a German printing company that had three lines of uh, folders and uh, and the Copo stacks on all of them, and they were managed by one person. And normally you would probably have one person per machine. So... Um, uh, definitely something that is also for the smaller companies. And also, I spoke to the, the owner, Stefan Francisi, and he said that uh, we are not a big company, uh, but this is something that everybody should do because it doesn't take up more space. It, it is an investment. If you compare it to labor costs, they never sick. They work 24 hours uh, a day. And, and basically, they need a little ele- electricity and a little oil, and then they work almost without any issue. So uh, an example, right? Yeah, I understand. So the the second part uh, is how do you how should you think to get everyone on board on this uh, journey of, of automation or or what you should call it because that's that's important. You have people in your company and you need everyone to to want to do this. Mm. Uh, I think. Uh, Again, a good question, Ola. Um, I think the biggest problem, and maybe you know it, I don't know it, but I think that one of the issues when I talk to people is that uh, not so many are actually reading the trade media anymore. Uh, not enough people are listening to what you say. Not enough people are watching English. So sometimes I'm wondering where do people get their input from? And I think that one of the trends I've seen uh, also, at least both in Europe and in the US, is that uh, because the production managers maybe don't trust the trade media as much as they did in the past. Now they have like groups of people that more like on a voluntary basis, you know, find a group of printing companies with similar challenges, same similar needs, and then they basically use each other as a resource for it. But I think that if you look at the at the automation journey, as I call it, uh, I think that is, I don't know where people get the input from because, I mean, I think it's really needed to 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 have an updated knowledge about what's going on. Uh, everybody talks about uh, Internet of Things, uh, the IoT thing is, is, is definitely something that is important now. And, and for everybody who's buying new equipment today, IoT is integrated part of the deliverables today. So, so it will be something that will be in your production facility sooner or later. So you have, you have to get to know about it. So how to get into it is not so easy to answer. But of course, the moment that you start realizing that you need to optimize your production because you need to be more profitable, uh, this is probably the lowest hanging fruits uh, as far as I can see right now. So uh, the third thing we, we talked about was was equipment, digital, offset, inkjet. I mean, the what technology to use is driven by the business model. Mm-hmm. And uh, so have you seen new kind of business model because because it has been the same business model in the printing industry forever 
its production of uh, putting ink on on paper and but of course it has been developed the last decades in in warehousing and logistics and and with digital printing comes new possibilities but what's new out there have you seen any new business models that are uh, that people should look at i think there's a lot of business models i think there's a lot of interesting opportunities and a lot of challenges as well uh, as we spoke about also this morning you and i before again the recording um if you take i mean one of the things that is clear that everybody would like to work towards production of one why sh- why stock things if you don't need to stock things there's both a sustainability perspective to it there's also a, a cost perspective to it there's a lot of perspectives that you can use to it so if you sell let's say products of one as a printing company you need a business model where you don't need the same type of salespeople as you had in the past because you don't pick up orders of one book with using people then you again you need automation and websites and integrations to different services uh, so so if you look at the amazon model and the ingram Inst- uh, model cloud printer gelato these kind of things um, they simply require uh, a integration to your production workflow that requires a business model because you don't know the customers anymore basically you just get files and orders and uh, pre-agreed price agreements and then you have to produce as effect- effective as possible and deliver that. So that is definitely one of the business models that you're seeing more and more of. And what surprises me is that in a Scandinavian market where we have small, narrow languages, I would have thought that we were ahead of the curve when it comes to digitalization. But uh, it's because the f- until recently, most of the inkjet printers, for example, have been on on uh, uh, web-based uh, uh, printing solutions and relatively expensive because you have to get new binding equipment, you have to get things I mean it's, it's a different game than having uh, cut sheet devices but what we see now uh, both from Curacera but also from Canon and, and uh, also from Rico and, and more is coming now you see uh, now cut sheet equipment that in inkjet space that will enable uh, production of one uh, instead of having mass production basically so that is like one uh, trend uh, i also always give this example because uh, uh, chris anderson the the former editor of wired magazine he wrote a book called free the future of a radical price and it is uh, it is actually a good book because it gives you examples seven examples of how can you make money for something that is free and uh, there's an american website called freeprints.com and basically that gives you one thousand photo prints a month for free you don't only pay for shipping right and then you think okay is advertising driven no it's an upselling model so basically if you get very tiny photos for free you buy photos that are a little bit bigger and then you basically just have maybe 20 30 percent of your customers always upscaling the orders and that's the business model so there's again a different business model and you're right everything when the day is over is of course of course getting ink on paper but but uh, i remember also from some of the events you have here uh Mapiful, as an example they don't see themselves as a printing company they're not a printing company but they deliver print as beautiful maps that are created online and and they probably deliver a wealth of print but they're not a printing company right if you look at uh, some of these uh, tiles uh, you have the print tiles i mean there's a lot of different products in the market today that are using print as the premier product, but it's not its not a printing company. But, but those companies mostly are not started by printing companies, but are, are by entrepreneurs not related to print at all. Uh, and, and of course, there it's a big risk 
being just a production partner mm. uh, that gets the files, do the production, send it to someone that you don't know who mm. it is. Mm. Uh, how do you think Uh, what do you think uh, a printing company should do? Should you focus on being the production partner or, or do you need to start new businesses to to get to know your customers? Or, or sh- how do you think they should, uh, should mm-hmm. do? Um, I don't think I'm the right one to tell people what they should do. I can say that if you look at the market, there is like a, uh, a commoditization of printing, like almost becoming like factories that just produces print. Uh, i think the online printers started that trend. Uh, of course, they know the customers, but with the, with Amazon and Ingram and, and, and the service I, I spoke about before, uh, it will just extend further than it used to be. If I were a printing company today, my the, the weakest spot in the market, in my opinion, is the companies that don't make a decision on where they want to be. Because if they continue the business as they are doing today, you end up in situations where you're just let's say dragged around the niche <laughs> by the by the market but the market is changing faster than you can uh, make investments so either specialize and do more expensive more profitable product or really com- commoditize and have volume i think that is the two main directions that you go into right now and then i would say that that when some federations come and suggest people to go into the packaging market i think that's a bad uh, suggestion because the packaging market is also a very specialized market so you need to have the right investment the right knowledge in order to do that it's not just taking your whatever fo- uh, digital printer you have and turn it into a folding carton machine because there's a lot of things around the product that you simply need to understand in order to get there one thing that is always interesting when we talk about things i can also recommend to to uh, read the book the new industry uh, the new print industry because that is basically given and uh, one example frank romano uh, said in a presentation in graphics canada just a few years ago that uh, Uh, the uh, large format that is a considerably part of our business today was not part of the printing industry just maybe 25 years ago. And today I can't believe that nobody should think of uh, large format as part of this industry. So the world is changing from uh, textile, is moving from a textile industry into the into the printing industry, 3D print, maybe less of an example we were also at, at a graphcom event with uh, in uh, where was it where you had like the printed electronics uh, that was in, in north shopping north shopping yeah fantastic uh, event and a fantastic opportunity to learn about some of the new printing so so find your niche uh, or get really big in order to be profitable on on low margins basically right? if i should start a printing company today i would probably like to do something that is really pretty, very expensive, and not so stressful. <laughs> yeah, sounds like a, like a good business. <laughs> so, okay, great. Uh, a couple of uh, quicker questions then. Uh, AI has been on everybody's mind since uh, the beginning of this year, when ChatGTP came around. What's your view on, on AI in the printing industry? And this this something that everybody needs to take action on right now? Or or can you do it a, a bit slower? Or, or what, what do you need to act on right now? Uh, you already have it. So there's you cannot avoid it because if you are a Microsoft user, you have ChatGPT and OpenAI in, in Bing, in Word, in Excel, in, in Edge browser. So, I mean, it is there already. Then you can ask yourself whether you use it or don't use it. But, I mean, I think that most people, when they communicate, they like to have the grammar uh, relatively uh, okay. AI helps you with that. Uh, I think that that what uh, OpenAI and ChatGPT has done for uh, also for our industry opened eyes for what it it 
can achieve basically but AI has been around in the printing industry for many more years uh, uh, I remember uh, the company at uh, Tilia Labs that had for example uh, Imposition uh, they like way before anybody else spoke about AI they had an integrated part so the nesting part was done by AI instead of having templates made for it a very efficient way of, of uh, speeding up your production process for example um We visited a company in California called Boone Graphics. They use ChatGPT for writing XML documents for the InputStrip uh, workflow. So, so you can use it as uh, very much now, but you already have it. It is in your machines. It is in your technology, and you cannot avoid it. Then you can always say that what, when we see ChatGPT and you see Wall-E and when you see these uh, Dali, sorry, and you see these kind of uh, technologies. It's what it's that's called generative AI, and AI has so many different aspects to it. So it is uh, it is not only what you see as as making strange movies or strange photos or strange text. It's 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 many different things. So it is something that you should take you take it into account. I would definitely say that. Will Will it be important to to think about this when you pick what companies you cooperate with, your vendors or, or partners? I mean. If some companies are not good at using AI in in their development, in their products, will that be a bad choice not to work with them rather than someone that is good using AI? (laughs) Very good. Also very good question. Very difficult question to answer. I must say that I don't know of any vendors today that are not thinking about using AI to some extent in their machines and in in the technology they provide. Um, I think that one thing I have learned Uh, the the past years is that all the vendors and all the converters and PSPs that we talk to, almost all of them say that when we work with a company, it's first and foremost a people relationship. Because if you don't trust the person that you buy the machine from, if you don't trust the future of the company that you're working with, it becomes very difficult to buy something and then believe that this is something that can be part of your own future in, in your company. And AI, yes, a part of it, maybe not the most important part right now, but uh, definitely when you look at technology partners, definitely look at the, the whole spectrum of what they can offer and also whether it's, you feel that it's a, let's say, a long-term relationship that you can have with. And I think that long-term also means that they have an open ad- attitude towards new technology. Uh, in the printing industry, technology partners or vendors, whatever you call them, a couple of very big ones, HP, Canon, Ricoh, Fujifilm, etc. And of course, they have uh, big resources to, to develop new things, and including AI. But there are also many quite small technology partners uh, locally in every country. Every country have, have local companies doing mostly software for the printing industry. Will AI be a thing for them to to get better and and do more good things or will it be a problem for them because they are small and don't have enough resources? What do you think? Uh, I think there are two things to it. And uh, the the first thing is that that the way uh, Sam Altman from OpenAI talks about AI is basically that there will be a few really big technology providers that uh, that basically enable smaller printing companies and not printing companies, smaller IT companies to utilize the technology and the server farms they have. So you can basically have learning models based on the OpenAI technology and then you train it to your needs. So I don't think that it is a showstopper for, for the smaller software companies not to have that 
kind of technology. Another thing that I think that people should be aware of is that AI is not complex in itself. AI is a is a computer model, and I think that one of the reasons why it's not been so much in the let's say in the in the public as it became with OpenAI and ChatGPT is mainly because it, it requires a lot of server resources. It's very energy uh, dependent, requ- requiring, and and therefore the with the uh, Nvidia uh, cards and also with the new uh, Tesla card is basically something that will enable even more people to use these kind of things. And remember that when you have something that like Dali with the, with the photos, if you have something like uh, like a Runway for the films, if you have something like uh, Grammarly for for like uh, uh, proofing your writing and all these kind of things, uh, they require maybe huge complex models but a lot of the AI is not as complex which doesn't require so much I'm pretty sure that if you talk to for example uh, our friends from Arific in Sweden uh, I think they have things completely under control when it comes to AI in in that relationship where they need it for example right and I think that goes for other software developers too sounds uh, very good because it's I mean of course for the industry it's important to have many companies doing new stuff and developing new things Mm. so with most of things when we discuss different questions we get get stuck and uh, so it was not a short question now sorry about that Uh, (laughs) I have more questions but we will go to the next thing maybe not the last but but almost events you visiting a lot of events in the printing industry around the globe and next year's uh, year with drupa for the first time for is it eight years ago mm-hmm. uh, what do you think about drupa and events in general what has happened during the last years and the pandemic and what's the future of, of trade shows in the printing industry from your, your view so my view is that trade shows have a lesser value than it used to have in the past uh, because the pandemic showed one thing 100% clear and that was that where people thought that they could only sell from a trade show uh, the sales in the let's say in, in the by the let's say the bigger OEMs in the industry have not declined dramatically because of the covid so they have been able to communicate and change communication means like virtual presentations virtual meetings uh, you know zoom teams all those kind of things so we have actually been uh, i would say that i don't think that the drupal likes us very much because we have been very direct that any trade show it should have a value for the exhibitors because they pay a lot of money for it but first and foremost, it should have a value for the attendees, the visitors. And I think that that is like, it is like, I always say, it's like having a gym hall and then you just fill it up with some equipment and then you hope people will get there. The business model is not really, really difficult, right? And of course, I'm exaggerating because I know that both Drupa and others spend a lot of time also curating uh, learning programs and interesting things from that perspective. The problem is that they're not developing. And I think that the world is changing. An example is that one of the, my favorite uh, events uh, is actually uh, the sign and print show in the Netherlands because they have done a few things that makes it really interesting. For example, they have a barber shop uh, at the floor and then the shop is printed. So this time it was Canon that printed the shop and you come into an old-fashioned barber shop that is so you can go and have a free barber, uh, barber uh, during the show. All the food is free but it's really good food they have uh, opening hours that goes out to I think it's 10 o'clock in the evening because then people realize that they can get from work and get to the to the event so they have tried to say that okay let's turn everything uh, opposite and try to make okay we're in a small market we need to do something that is really interesting and we need to adapt our opening hours to the 
opening hours of the printing companies. And at the same time, they know that if people have been driving a couple of hundred kilometers to get to the event, let them have good foods, good drinks, have a good time, have a very cozy atmosphere with both learning and, and as I mentioned, the barbershop is one thing, but there's a lot of different things. It's a tiny show. So I don't think that you see it as a show where you go and maybe learn about new equipment to that extent, but having it as a networking event where you basically meet people and see the industry is, is that is that is one of my favorites to be honest. Also on on the on the one of the shows I really like is like Hunkle Innovation Days that is like every second year, and basically they have <laughs> I would say almost the opposite because then it's like it's it's only about technology. So you have like halls where you have production equipment one side and, and finishing equipment on the other side and. You you can basically say, I would like to see it be printed on that machine and bound on that machine and you can see the result of it. And it's just, so, I mean, these kind of things, I think the, the both Printing United and also Drupal, they, they, they want to be as big as possible with the, uh, in America, they call it convergence. I don't know what they call it in Germany, but in Germany where you have like tons of halls of equipment and basically spending your time there for 11 days. In the past, it was a perk for uh, printing companies to take their employees there I think it would be a hate prison today <laughs> because there are too many people there and it takes too long time to walk so people are, I remember when I worked in a printing company in Denmark it was way more my I remember my boss said in out as fast as possible we go for the meetings we have arranged we see the equipment we need and then we go home so you're not browsing the ales you don't see tens of thousands of, of uh, products that you didn't know about because it's too expensive to be there so the things are changing dramatically these years and uh, we are spending a lot of energy and time on, on, on Drupal this time, but actually when you look at the inkish coverage of Drupal, maybe it's more because there will be more people that are not attending this year, and we need to be sure that we can uh, have different ways of showing all the technology that will be on site to more people outside Drupal halls. No matter how many people that really will go there, most people in the printing industry will not go there because, mm-hmm. I mean, the industry is big. Yeah, there's more than a million people working in the industry in Europe. And, I mean, best case scenario for Drupal will probably be around 250,000 people. That was the same as last time. And I I must say that I expect fewer uh, people. As I said to you also before, when you look at the numbers, it's uh, 27% of the exhibitors this year are, are from China. To be honest, I don't know why a European printing company should spend a lot of time going checking out too much Chinese equipment because I don't think it fits into our standards of quality and production here in Europe. So, I mean, it will be interesting to see what kind of people attending a next show. Uh, it will. F- I, I'm quite certain it will be a lower number. I'm quite certain that the split from different countries will be totally different from than from the past. Yeah, will be interesting to see. So, last thing, what's up uh, at Inkish then? What's happening in the next year at Inkish? What's new? Last couple of years you've been talking about books and magazines and, and new kind of, of events and, and you also have your own event. And So, what's around at Inkish? I should uh, probably start saying that uh, sometimes when you announce new things and you're depending on, for example, authors, uh, it takes considerably longer time than you anticipated. So, my, my dear colleague uh, Chica, who's responsible for our film, he said, maybe we should not announce new things before they are actually there. So, I don't know if I should tell you anything, Ola, but I will, I will take my chances anyway. Uh, the one thing that we are working on that will uh, for sure take, uh, it will probably not be something that a lot of people see first but we are doing the fourth iteration of our uh, our, our platform and that we we have now so much content on Inky, so it's becoming difficult to find uh, what you need and therefore we are, we want to build a platform that makes it much easier to find and also serve content 
depending on who you are. So I think that is like one of the things that we're working hard on right now. Uh, we have we were working with the same uh, IT development company in India for six, seven years now. So they know us pretty well and know what we want. So I'm pretty confident confident about that. Then we have our non-event in Copenhagen. Unfortunately, at the same time as you have the print next here in Stockholm. But uh, we have almost 100 people coming in from all over the world. That is just a fantastic mix of people from so many different companies. So I'm so excited about it. Uh, you have been at the venue. You know how it is. So that is like the two things that is, of course, uh, very important. I would also say that one of the things that is extremely important from our side is, uh, and that is actually happening right now as we speak, we have, uh, I think that people that knows us know that we spent a lot of time on doing uh, really nice quality filming. You can always like the content or not, but the filming looks great. And uh, we have now started collaboration with a number of companies for distribution of the content. So that basically means that that uh, if you're a customer with us and say you want to go into the uh, the German market, for example, you can you can get your films shown on Print.de as well. And I think you might also be able to see them some of the Swedish films on Bank's Call in the future, right? Yeah, we, are, we discussed this uh, before this, and and I really hope that. Yeah. So so it's a, it's a, it's a matter of as we spoke about when you want to make information available to many people you need to have the proper distribution and we have always seen ourselves more as a production company rather than a media that just happens to have a channel and if we you know you are the number one in, in Sweden so of course when you're the number one in Sweden the Swedes know you but they may not know English so if we can collaborate I think it's it, to the benefit first and foremost for the industry and secondly I think it is also good for both you and us uh, to work together win-win-win yeah, yeah. we could say yeah you can say that yeah. so uh, I think that is what I want to say about the future right now I can say that the magazine is is done. We have all the articles written. We are in the, in the process of uh, the design. But again, as I said to you, we are a very small company. So things sometimes have to be prioritized a little different than we anticipated. But uh, we are soon there with the first magazine. Yeah, we should do a Swedish uh, version of it. You can do that. That's fine. But then you should learn the business model first because it is a little bit different from the other magazines in the market. But let's talk about that okay. another time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So, Morten, it's a pleasure to having you in the studio here in Stockholm. And uh, we will see each other soon, rather than later, I guess. And I hope uh, so, yeah. So, thank you very much for coming. Likewise. Thank Bye. you, Ola. Bye.